0: The apocalypse RIP takeoff. This is state of the game. And I am your host, Dano, old enough uh to have been raised in a world I was pretty sure wasn't gonna get better. Uh so <laughs> uh here and my co host uh who watched Baby Boy and decided this is my idol, uh, <laughs> and is really the frames of one the at movie. the end, yeah. The big
1: boy at the end, yes,
0: yep. So he's uh, <laughs> he's here, and K. Diggy, thank you, uh, for being here. We have, yeah. I'm excited for this topic. I was, this has kind of been brewing because there's been a lot of really high level, super personal albums, you know, yeah, um. Is very much connected to <laughs> my issues, right? <laughs> like because
1: issues with the super personal albums.
0: As a writer, not, not your, no, I, a- not my. I don't have <laughs> lots of issues. I'm, I'm, just a guy, uh, but I'm just here, you know. Uh, but he's, uh, you've read my writing. Mm-hmm. My writing is very dense, and it's it, my fiction, very dense. It's very, mm. very emotional, and, and there's a lot of personal aspects to it. And I remember presenting it to people, people I, I believed in, people I, I thought were very smart. And what they would say to me back was, uh, ooh, that was a lot, you know?
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> like, ooh, you know? Uh, that was tough stuff, you know? It was it was basically that they were trying to find a way to say whether or not this is great. I don't have a place for this in my life. Mm. Like, I don't know what you, you expect me to just to buy this book, come home from a hard day at work and jump into a Steinbeck universe of sadness. Why would I do that? Mm. Um, So and and i was like oh shit like i i was so caught up in making it right that i hadn't thought about the audience at all you know now because when you
1: say making it right what do you mean how's making it right to you how would you define that
0: just just the height of the craft right the characters the story the symbolism <laughs> the depth i wanted it as as good as i could get it right you know as meaningful as i could get it you know, as emotional as I can get. And I hadn't even thought about the fact that, like, where does this fit in your reader's life?
1: So, but I, I, I think that calls into the, to the, to the point, what are you creating the work for?
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, and it, you have a relationship with your audience. If you're going to have an audience. Hmm. Okay. People that discount their audience completely. I I don't. I mean, they tend to plateau. Right. I mean, they don't. Right. Based on that. Um, I agree you know, with that. You know, you think about like all the legendary people that you admire in music. I don't think they're people that like flip the bird at their audience.
1: Right. Uh you you're right. You're right. But I would say flipping the bird is like an intentional act. I think flipping the bird for for like an ultra personal piece yeah. of work would be like, yo, I'm gonna make this so difficult to understand. I I don't even want this to be digest digestible.
0: That's like that's a great point. That's a great point. And thank you for that. Uh, yeah, to replace that, I would say. You won't find a lot of those guys who haven't even thought about their audience, right? Right. Who yes. are just like, oh, you know, I guess, you know, if you, you go up to Jay Cole and he's like, oh, I guess I guess these people do connect to it. I guess, <laughs> they like, you're those.
2: <laughs> right.
0: You know? And so you, you have to think through that relationship and the ramifications of it. That doesn't mean yes. you have to be a leader to your audience. That doesn't mean you have to do everything they say. You're still the leader. You lead right. the audience right um and but you have to lead them where you want them to be right you know um so i yeah i mean it's yeah and you have to lead yourself where you want to be at the same time so it's the other thing about the ultra personal album is that it's incredibly hard to criticize Incredibly hard.
1: Criticized from who? From whose perspective?
0: From someone who writes about music, right? Or discusses music. It's very hard okay, right. to critique an ultra-personal album because you, you run the real risk of flippantly disrespecting what someone has done, what someone mm-hmm. has worked really hard and poured their heart into.
1: Yeah, because it it can come off as you're disrespecting the story, the content.
0: And in reality, the music critic who's writing about this really personal album isn't going through that shit necessarily, right? right? Right. So if I'm just having a normal day, you know, and I'm dismissive of this ultra personal album, it can come off really shitty in a public sphere. Very insensitive, right. And uh, when, in fact, I'm just moving through my day, right? Like, right. Um, and I, you know, yeah. And, and so it's, it's very hard because on one end, you're sitting there and you're thinking, I admire this person for bearing their soul, for, for putting it out there. But did they achieve what, what they wanted to achieve, right,
2: mm-hmm.
0: was the mission of success. And if the mission wasn't a success, we have to get to that. We have to discuss that Right. while we honor your journey, you know?
2: Right.
0: It's tough. So that's that's part of that. I, the, the other thing is I was thinking about kinds of albums, right? Okay. What What is an ultra-personal album? Right, oh, uh, right. there's. I was thinking about the different kinds of albums because I was thinking about Luca last week, it was an incredible episode. We mm-hmm. really loved it. Um, Luca, I consider what Luca does smart ass street music. He says smart ass street music, smart street music. Let's drop the ass, okay? Smart, mu- st- smart street music now. Smart and political are not the same thing, right? Right. Is a smart street album. Uh, uh Kendrick's new album. I'm not gonna say the whole name. I I got things to do. Ooh. Uh, but that's a political album to me. That's a political album. Mm. Because it's not oh. okay. I, and okay. I'm not saying I'm not saying that Kendrick's not smart. I'm not saying that that album is dumb. Smart mean is it's about the mission, right? Luca's mission was to impact every second of that album with, uh, like highly intelligent language, right? Uh, thought processes, right? Dissection. Right. right. It, even when he was bragging. It was on. It was on this intellectual level, right? But he was still, you know, he was still taking people down when they were fucking with him. So okay. that's what I was saying. Kendrick's album to me was a political album. A so lot you of, have well, good.
1: You have so the categories that you want to compare it the ultra personal album to would be the police So you have one category of. Like a street smart, yep, yep, and then one category of political, and so those are the those are like the spectrum for you. And
0: it's and it's kind of like, you know, putting together a sandwich, right? You can mix and match topics, right? There are albums that are not street albums; they're just smart, right? There are albums that are street albums, but they're the street is the focus. Not that it's not smart, but the street is the focus. So. It's it, yeah, you can mix and match, right? So, but in my opinion, Kendrick's new album was a political album because it was very focused on cancel culture and you know, all this, you know, all these topics that are a part of the political zeitgeist right now.
1: See, now I would argue that, and may- maybe this is kind of why uh, his latest album hasn't hasn't um taken over the world like damn
2: did. Because
1: Good. I would argue that it's not a political album. I would say like the second half of the album is very ultra personal. So maybe as in, you know, uh Mother I Sober, like that that whole second half of so I think the first one is the big first part the first album is Mr. Morel, and then the second one is The step side steppers or
0: high steppers uh, or
1: something steppers, high Uh, steppers, high steppers. So I would say that, I mean, the the early part of Mister Morrell, like the first album, is political, and then it starts bearing more into personal.
0: And yeah, I mean, and maybe that's maybe that's the reason it didn't take over the world. Maybe that's the important thing. It wasn't anything as a cohesive package, right? right. It was purely political. It was uh, recreationally political. It wasn't purely personal. It was recreationally personal. It was kind of a mixed bag. Right. People didn't connect to as well. Does In terms understand?
1: of intentions of the song, yes.
0: Um, and, and I don't, look, some of those songs, like, I, I just put it out there, like, um, I don't think we cry together is breaking new ground. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's people. Lots of people argue. I I don't think that was done in an interesting way. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, and these albums that we're gonna talk about today, right? Mm-hmm. They dug to a deeper level of personal than I knew before, right? They did it. They, or, they organized it in a new way. They spoke about things in a new way um, mm. that I thought was genuinely... It, it only happens when you dig deep into what you want to do. You don't mix everything together. You dig deep into what you want to do mm. and you get to the other side of it, you know?
1: Now, do, you, do you have a distinction? Do you believe that there's, like, personal albums? Because when you say ultra-personal, yeah, that's in, implying that there's like a personal album.
0: Yeah, I think there's room for that. I think there's room for like, you know, um, the the ultra personal album is a level of intensity that is that is overwhelming and overpowering, right? Mm. Okay. But you have like Eminem releases personal albums, right? Okay. So it talks about his family here or there between jokes, you know, <laughs> like it, it, the concentrate is so serious on an ultra personal album mm. that it it's overwhelming.
1: Oh, okay. I see. So it'd be yes. like, if we had like concentrate lemonade, it'd be like drinking that like straight up as opposed let's, to mixing it with water. Let's or something. Go with
0: our lemonade scale, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we've got New England lemonade, which is which is watery. You know what I mean. And then we've got we got Southern lemonade. <laughs> Southern lemonade change your face, like so. There's that intensity level. So I, I wanted to throw it up for those albums because I think they really do do kick it to another level. Yeah, uh, and I think there's types of ultra personal albums. Uh, that are represented here that are really interesting, uh, and like I said, I'm not creating genres, I'm not creating subgenres. I'm just telling you the types of music that we uh, that I hear. I don't want the record store organized in like a smart section, political section. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. This mm-hmm. is this is just a way for me to think about it, right? Um, so. What what would you like to talk about first? Let's let's do that.
1: So what let's introduce the first the three albums. The I'm three
0: albums. Short yes. Fuse, the painkiller boutique. Teddy Faley, Teddy Brown Brown, Mavi, Laughing So Hard, it hurts. Let uh,
1: let's let's start with uh let's see which one do I like? <laughs> I like, let's start with the Pankiller Boutique. I think Pain that would be a great one. one to start with.
0: Short Fuse, Short Fuse is such a good dude. Uh, great follow on Twitter. And, and a talented lyricist. Um, the, yeah, I mean, were there any moments on this album? Uh, were there any moments on this album where you were like, I have, I do not hear people talk about this very often.
1: Um, I mean, I wouldn't say that this, uh, this type of music is like my cup of tea. I'm here. I'm with you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what to compare it to. I I mean, I, I guess maybe like I thought the opening opener drowning in my own skin was Woo. really from the gate. Yeah. I am um, And so it's not necessarily, you know what it is? It's like, there's nothing new that he's rapping about that I haven't heard about. What I would say is there is like a level of sincerity that he, about the topic that's kind of, I guess you could say refreshing in a way.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, to your point with, with Drowning in My Own Skin, not many albums start with the MC being born. <laughs> right? Just like born premature, you know, cerebral palsy, You're right? Uh, heritage issues with, with people like next, yeah. All of this disgust, um not feeling Latino enough, just all of this, I mean that's a punch in the face for a first song.
1: And two minutes, yeah. I mean he covers a lot of Things in like two minutes, yeah. At the yep. start, at the start of the album, like he's not easing you into. He's like, "Let's go now."
0: And the painkiller boutique, in my mind, represents one kind of ultra personal album, which is the trauma album, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to, and you're going to, as an artist, be presented with traumatic events, traumatic times in your life. And if you're good at what you do, once you've gotten to a place where you can do it, you're gonna be able to paint that picture more vividly than other people can.
1: Uh, of the trauma, of the traumatic experience? Trauma,
0: of the trauma. And okay. so you have, you have the ability to articulate something that maybe other people don't and give people a voice. And and give yourself while giving yourself catharsis, right? Uh, So that's very good. Um, I will tell you my pick for the one where I was like, wow. Uh, Number eight, the chronic pain.
1: Okay. The chronic Uh, pains in parentheses. I had
0: never heard. A rap song dedicated to chronic pain. You get a very serious one. Well.
2: Mm.
0: It was. I was like, "Wow, that is the heart of this album." And Short fuse is going to deliberately, like, lay out the chronic pain, wishing he had an exoskeleton, wishing he was robotic, and all of this. Mm. Uh, and I was just like, damn, you know, uh, it, it's a fearless level of dedication to what the painkiller boutique is supposed to be. Yeah. And
1: and what did you, like, as a listener, what did you take away from that, that trap?
0: Um,
1: like, I do mean, you yeah. have, I don't know if you have chronic pain or something. Do you have chronic So, as someone, as a listener without chronic pain, what did you take away from the track?
0: This is the old, the old story, right? Where, like, what people say is that reading fiction all the time helps you expand your emotional self, right? Uh, I don't know how true this is. I'm just, this is what people say that, like, eh, when you, I don't have chronic pain. I listen to him discuss chronic pain. And it helps me be more emotionally attuned to my wife who has chronic pain.
2: Mm.
0: I'm, I'm
2: not.
0: Bro. The other side <laughs> of the room. She's a great lady. Um, so, yeah, no, it helps me like, really understand from their perspective what's going on. That's what's special about uh about art right it, you, you if they're really good at transporting you they can transport you where you never go and they can help you understand stuff you never will see or,
1: or. right right so yeah that's- and yeah. i think it goes back to what you were saying you know at at the beginning uh you know regarding you know regarding the intention of the intention and the relationship with the audience. Like, so I'm, you know, I'm making a song about this chronic pain. Is that, who is this song for? Like, is this song for me to, you know, get this, you know, get this off of my chest, try to understand it through my art, or is this for someone who isn't in chronic pain? Yeah, I mean, and I, I,
0: yeah, I mean, and I, there is a part of me that thinks, and this is just my light critique of the the album, that it that I don't know how much short fuse thought about the audience.
2: Right.
0: Um, I I think you can hear in the other two albums that we're going to discuss that <laughs> they are thinking about the audience. There are specific signs. Um, right. And so. There's a line, maybe it's a magnet with uncommon NASA, um, where he says something like, "You know, Jesus died so white supremacists could wear his pelt." And I was just like, "That's fucking incredible!" But he says it in a very (laughs) lazy, fair way, right? Like his, his tone is like in the middle of depression, monotone, the whole album, right? Uh, And so he says that line just like he says all the other lines and I was like, oh, I need you to hit that line. You know? (laughs) I need you to, like, your writing's too good. You gotta hit this. You gotta stamp down on these.
2: Yeah.
0: You gotta change how you're delivering, this. you know, uh, that that's, so that's one of the things that I identified. The other thing is, I'm not sure that this is a coherent mix of production. I
2: hmm. uh,
1: Yes, I'd, I'd agree with you. Like I looked at it under Apple Music and it's called alternative hip hop is the category
2: right, right, it's right. under.
1: I I did think for someone someone who's not like a short fuse fan, right? Or or like, or I should say, not necessarily not a fan, but someone who's being introduced to short fuse for the first time, this would be a a, a hard album production wise and audially audially to digest.
0: Yeah, I mean, so this comes out on Uncommon Records, which is Uncommon NASA's record label. Uncommon NASA is a real important figure in this scene, right? Mm -hmm. Like, remember when we did Def Jooks and we talked about the legacy of Def Jooks? Um, Uncommon NASA was there mixing and mastering that stuff, engineering or whatever. Right. So Uncommon Nass, I say this to say Uncommon Nas has a deep, abiding, like, affection for jagged sounds. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no pretty sounds in Uncommon Nass. It
2: mm-hmm.
0: doesn't happen. So, this album fits that. But, man, there's some beats on here that kind of represent a different album, too in a way like there's a few albums going on <laughs> it's kind of weird from, right. from a standpoint right yeah. Um because Messiah Music does two songs on it, 6 and 13 right Detention is my favorite beat that he lends to this number 6 -hmm. Number thirteen is maybe my favorite. Uh, It's maybe my favorite or second favorite because Def C is amazing. Guest appearance, colossal structure. I love colossal structure. Um, but those songs bump to a fair extent, right? Like they're like moving. Um, and then. Blood Money Perez does five and ten. No Home and Comfort Food, which are off-kilter, sorrowful, kind of cool. Um, and then Dr. Keel does one, three, four, seven, eight, nine, eleven, twelve, and fourteen.
2: Right. So nine?
0: Nine songs? Four, yeah, eight. nine songs. So and the beats are kind of all over the place from Dr. to me. Um so he does man, he does This Is for My Brother, which is a really kind of beautiful song. Um, and and is kind of more laid back confessional, right? But, but Hans Solo Fur Coats that shit bangs uh, yeah i mean
1: i'd be i'd be interested to see how much coordination there was between all of the producers cuz if you're going to have multiple producers on an album i don't i i don't necessarily think you maybe you need maybe you do need an executive producer like particularly if you're going to do an ultra personal album where it's got to be coherent in in my opinion for the message to be able to be communicated effectively you need someone there kind of pulling all of the elements together yep yep uh so i don't know maybe maybe he reached out to people and was like oh i like you know i really like his beats and i like his beats i want to put this song on but i don't think there was like an overarching like okay does this does this fit into the grand scheme of i mean yes content wise and lyrically it may fit but audioly and sonically does this fit into the grand scheme of
0: what we're trying to do here yeah well so here's how i would put it cuz i think there's a lot of debates should you do one producer or should you do a bunch of producers there is no singular right answer on this but mm-hmm. what I will say regarding the topic is the more producers you introduce, the more risk you introduce, right. right? If I never go on airplane flights, I don't run much risk of dying in an airplane. If I'm a traveling business person, I naturally take on more risk, right? right. It's the same deal. You know, if you have two producers, and you and you pick the right beats, you, you, that's fine. When you start three, four, that's when it, you get, you get moving parts happen, right?
1: right. And, and and it's not like just one-offs either. It's he had multiple. He had multiple producers producing multiple tracks. So like you know, Doctor Kill had nine tracks on it. Blood Money Perez had two. two. Messiah Music had two. Uncommon NASA had one. Turntables on track 14. Okay, I'm just reading the... So, yeah, so... It's the fact that, you know, you had four producers on it. Two of the... One of the producers did nine of them. Two of the producers did two each.
0: Right, so I'm sitting here thinking, because when track six starts, I'm like, oh, that's Messiah Music. Like, Mm -hmm. I knew it was Messiah Music. So... I was like, oh, shit, what would this album be like if it was all Messiah music, Mm. you know? And now that's in my head, right? And then we're on Blood Money, and I'm like, oh, shit, Blood Money. And the songs are not really together in that sense, right? Like, broken up, right? So the the Dr. Kill stuff is running throughout, and those songs, it just doesn't feel as cohesive as it could have been in terms of the sonic choices and in terms of like just varying your tone like that's one of the reasons I loved Colossal Structure so much on 13 was that he was he was electric right he was on and I, I needed that after a while
1: 11, 12
0: yeah Fuck it.
2: Internet. Okay. Internet went weird.
1: You know, it's just difficult with particularly like if you're going to have one person handle the bulk of the production. Yeah. You should, in my mind, and maybe I'm just, this is just my opinion, like the guest producer should be one-off. It should be like one-off types of things. And then back to The production—it's not one-off, and then, and a couple tracks later, we go back to that, back to that producer. Because it just it just throws off the feel of the the album, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's—I don't know—there's a lot, there's different ways to do it, and I think there's other ways. If you look at these other two albums, you can see Mm -hmm. how they how they did it in interesting ways, right? that i really enjoy but like dr keel so and dr keel is very interesting on this very interesting production on this and there would be i would have i i would have preferred a full album with dr keel nothing wrong beside music nothing wrong with blood money perez but you know this is a very personal album I yeah I
1: just yeah. wanted it to be easy. yeah and and it's gotta be because you know with the personal albums, we have to you know once you're out of you know it's like a, what's what's that form of comedy right. improv comedy yeah, yeah, you know what I mean like if you're doing improv comedy once the spell is broken it's very difficult to get back into it.
0: So what's your best run of songs on this album? (sighs) I
1: mean, I thought the first, I thought the beginning was strong. I thought one through four were strong. And, you know, like one, three, and four were all handled handled by uh, Dr. Kill. So I think I think once you had that continue like continuity in the production,
0: it it,
1: it 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 was just it was just a little bit stronger.
0: I'm I'm a hundred percent in agreement with you. I was just about to say one one to three or whatever that those are perfectly organized songs, right? Mm-hmm. To go from drowning in my own skin to hell's mosh pit to graduation day, it's beautiful, right? Uh, The songs from there, you know, maybe said four is good. Five is when you start going. This isn't like the first four, right? Right. Uh, Five was Blood Money Perez, right? And and by the way, Blood Money did great work, great producer. It's Mm -hmm. just, like you said, somebody's got to patch this thing together. Yeah, you know, and it is. This is one of the hard things to do if you are going in and discussing music is an album that's good but could have been great you know what I'm saying Mm. this could have been an album that I fight for for everyone that I tell everyone about that I never shut up about right Uh, it could have been it's a few steps from that Mm -hmm. so I want to celebrate how good Short Fuse is and the crazy stuff he's able to say on this that is just so amazing. But I also want to highlight where this could have gone to the next level.
1: Right. And I I think it's important for an ultra-personal album. When you're talking about it, we're talking, I'm talking about it more from a structurally conceptual standpoint as opposed to what he's actually rapping about. So I'm looking at it, technically, like if I were looking at this as if this album were not a personal album, ultra personal album, as if he were just talking about, I don't know, like just regular, regular everyday things. So for me, like the album has the stand up even outside of the message, structurally outside of the message. So no matter what the con- lyrical content is, I for me for an ultra personal album to be good or any album in general, I, w- I guess you could say, it's got to stand up to critique in terms of tech in terms of technical, technic in terms of technical uh, like uh, excellence. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's talent and then there's organization, right? And so that's. Yeah. A- different categories. So I wanted to give that album love, but I wanted to give a fair spread of it. Um, I I managed that. Um, Where do we want? You know what? Let's go to Mavi next. Yeah. Mavi is a bit of a conundrum for me. I I really respect Mavi. I really enjoy hearing Mavi rap. And this album is better to me every time I listen to it. Uh, At first... My first reaction was like, this is some Dreamville shit. This is like him trying to do a Dreamville thing,
1: you know? See, see now, yeah. I, I love the Mobbies. Of oh, the, the three, I love the Mobbies album the best. That's awesome.
0: Like, That's awesome. I I really like it a lot, too. Yeah. And,
1: and, and, I, and it, I think it kind of ties back to what uh, I, I was saying re- regarding uh, Painkiller Boutique. You can enjoy this without necessarily knowing the content. I can still enjoy the songs. And that's... So, yes, it's a it's an ultra-personal album. And he's talking about personal things. But at the end of the day, I, I still enjoy the songs for how they are structured and how they're made.
0: So, I'm going to make the argument that there's a reason why you... Uh, you were able to enjoy the songs more, right? Okay. Beyond the choices that are, you know, the game planning at a high level on that album. Mavi uh laugh so hard it, it hurt. That's the album, right? Right. It's it's not a trauma album, right? Laugh so hard Laughing So Hard It Hurts. That is a rumination album, right? That is someone exploring all the facets of their life, right? So, while Short Fuse is talking about chronic pain and about illness, and about like there, Short Fuse has a, a thing there where he's talking about how he used to just destroy parking meters for Chank mm. to get like to buy stuff like Mm -hmm. it's just different nothing there's there isn't a lot of happy moments on the painkiller boutique whereas when when mavi is ruminating on life there's relationships there's family gatherings yes there's loss but there's love right there's sunshine you know it's a full experience of meditation kind of thing right yes uh, yes, yeah.
1: and, and and I mean that brings up another good point, and maybe another one of the issues. Like, there can still be some light in the darkness. So yes, I I think you can go through. And I I I want to be careful because I'm not discrediting uh you know what he he went through. Yeah. I'm saying I think you can find you can find light and you can find different angles and to talk about in the darkness. You know what I mean? And I think that that makes for a more interesting listen.
0: Yeah, I think what, what, and this is one of the issues I think that sometimes creeps in with uncommon records is that that dedication to uh, visceral a jagged sound, right? Mm-hmm. They also have a dedication to visceral, jagged verses and lyrics. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, that's peanut butter on peanut butter, right? That's That's a lot for your mouth to handle. So, right. Mavi makes really interesting choices here, and I'm going to say right now, because Mavi could have easily fallen into giving us a cutesy piano based production thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know the sound of the thoughtful album, right? <laughs> piano twinkles. They tell you about their life. Mavi could kill that every time. But, right. Track three, baking soda. That beat is insane. Yeah. And, Mavi, from then on, you're like, oh shit, Mavi's gonna rap over beats that slow down and speed up and crunch, bunch up and spread out. And like, it, it's gonna switch, you know? It, it, it's not, and his tone is gonna fit them, right? Right. He, like, which was the song um, he did a fast song on? Feel like it was one of the short songs
1: oh sorry i'm looking at let me
0: it was near the end okay Da-da-da-da. going down oh inconvenient truth no opportunity kids
1: okay 13 track 13
0: where like he's rapping fast on that
1: oh you t- right
0: you know he's rapping fast and like it's not like he's switching it up and now it's like a I can rap fast about nothing song. It's still very personal. The lyrics still mean a lot to him. Right. But it's, it's different. And the song before it is very kind of R&B-ish. Tripped,
2: Trip. Trip. Right? Yes.
0: Very cool, hooky, r and Bish ish kind of song. And then boom, the fast rap, right? Like, right, use your juxtaposition, right? Juxtapose your sounds so that you keep people on their toes. Mavi did a job yeah. on this album,
1: yeah. I'm, and I'm and I like that the production was all over the place as well, you know. What I mean, there was it's hard to pull up credits, but I'm looking at it, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I'm looking at you know. You know, there's over, there's like over seven producers.
0: Yeah. Wolf Morpheus did a lot of the, or the first two beats. Okay. And, are you- and Bill Vinci does a bunch of stuff. Right. Uh, bu- 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 oh, man. But the, the beats he picked are very good. Very, yes. Very good.
1: The production, yes, and I, I think, it, it's, it's en- it's enough to keep, it keeps you in- engaged. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's really, and I know, and I know that I kind of critique the last album about having multiple producers, but you're right. I think it really comes down to structure and really. Um, trying to, you know, structure the album to really communicate your message in the best way. your I should say your ultra-personal album in the best way.
0: Yeah, and, and I think Mavi did a good job with the details, right? This hmm. cover is one of the best covers of the year.
1: Oh, for sure. I, I loved it.
0: Laughing So Hard It Hurts by Mavi. Look up the cover. It's beautiful right you want to give your fans a cover that they can um that if you give them a cover that's that good with an album that's that good it's gonna it's it's gonna be something that sticks with them for a long
1: really emotional yeah the cover really emotionally resonates
0: and it really connects to the album and yes. years from now when people are remembering this album, they're going to see that cover and they're going to smile. It, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, ve- you know, so the cover is very good. The sounds are very clean. Uh, even when they're messed up, they're clean. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, and I, is there any, oh, who's the, who are the guests on this? Are there guests?
1: Uh, Except on track 12, Amindi. Amindi yeah. It, that's the only guest on it.
0: Wow. Oh, another thing I want to commend him with. This is 16 tracks. If I said 16 tracks, you might go, oh, no. It's <laughs> 38 minutes. Yes. 16 tracks, 38 minutes.
1: Moves very, very well.
0: And I'll tell you, my favorite song on this album is is like 52 seconds long
1: uh what do you known unknowns absolutely yeah I mean that comes right before trip and opportunity kids yeah I thought I thought the end it was a very strong and I thought the ending uh,
2: I mean,
0: it's a great beginning and a great ending right the beginning yes. Yeah, I always that. knew I wanted to fuck you in school. Just ain't know how or when, but now I do. Cuts, mm-hmm. bruises, subtle improvement throughout the sh- this shit. I honor you, and then mm-hmm. at the end, right? Ain't no, ain't know that I would see you again. Turned hard on the root. She told me I was just mean to you because I thought you cute. <laughs> so it's a really beautiful vignette of a story uh, where, like, Mavi's music is able to communicate with other characters in the world. Mm. It's not just him explaining what happened.
2: Right.
0: There are scenes, right? There are scenes, there are characters, there's interactions, right? And it, it, it builds a story. And... Maybe like
1: an ultra personal album. Maybe an ultra personal album doesn't need to be nonfiction. There can be there there can be fiction in an ultra personal album, and
0: vice versa. Right? Like um, one of the most personal movies Alfred Hitchcock ever made was Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about a lot of hard shit that was happening and like he it's a beautiful movie and nobody who watched it knew it was personal right or thought right. about it like because it's still a really good ass movie you right. know um, you,
1: you can you can enjoy you can enjoy the the album outside of the message right right and i think like i i I won't say the name of it, but there was an album in particular this year that I thought really, like the marking of it, really relied too much on the message.
0: Yeah.
1: And so the message was there, but to me at the end of the day, like in terms of the craft, it wasn't up to, it wasn't innovative or up to par. Right. So for, for me, like an ultra personal album, you've got to have, both where the, the art stands and is recognized outside of the message. And it's hard to
0: do that work because it's it's so close to you, right? The the, yeah. the stuff is so close to you, once you've done it, it's exhausting, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So going the rest of the way and organizing, it's hard because you you've, you've got to go over these things, these songs a thousand times that represent really tough times in your life. So yeah. there's a lot of ways albums can go wrong. There's like even more ways ultra-personal albums can go wrong. Yeah, uh, but-
1: It's a high-wire act because, you know, the when an ultra-personal album goes wrong, it goes really, really wrong. Right. And now, it can become, unlist- will become unlistable. Like, yeah. I will, like, If it's so bad, a person
0: will never go back to it. Right. But the, yo, so it's high stakes, ultra personal. High stakes, stakes. yes. Because if you hit, if you hit the right way, you've got a connection with your audience that they'll never break. Right. Because they've been somewhere, no one else took. Right. So that's the key. And I think, um, the Mavi albums good. I I I wonder where I'm where how it fits in this kind of greater album of the year discussion next to all these massive albums, you know? Um because there's a lot of great depth and rumination, but man, Smino is so fun to listen to.
2: Mm.
0: You know? Like, I don't know. It, it's hard to place it in the marketplace like that, but maybe... I should...
1: And, and he, I mean, he's so young. It's, it's, I think he's only 23 as well. It's, it's really... Impressive. It's really difficult for a 23-year-old to make... And it's nothing against him. It's just difficult for a 23-year-old to make, like, the album of the year candidate, in my opinion.
0: That makes sense. But he's... But it is a candidate. It is that good right in terms it's a
1: strong message yeah I I, I think it's lyrics,
0: in terms of the way the lyrics are in terms of his singing right of just the cohesion of it and how most of those 38 minutes are just him it's pretty fucking impressive and
1: it's, it's, a, it's a strong message yeah I mean I think it's a strongly cohesive album for sure but I think he could get better you know what I mean? Like, this isn't even close to his best effort, I think. And the, and it's, it's kind of, it's like, you know, with some NBA players, you look at them and you're like, yes, they're good. Young, I, I'm, I'm thinking young NBA players. You look at them, yes, they're good, but you're comparing them to what they could be and what you think they could be.
0: Yeah, or like, um, you remember back in the day when people thought Drummond was the man. Right. And you're like, no, Drummond is Drummond. Like, he is that. Right. right. Like, That's the ceiling. He's at the ceiling. Uh, well, and Mavi, the ceiling feels, you know, up there for him.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, I don't know where it fits, but it's, it's really good. And it's really well done. Yes. Uh, and that counts for something. If somebody walked up to me and was like, top 5 album of the year i would I, I wouldn't be mad you know what i mean i'd be like yeah. i see you with that you know and and
1: there, and i think there is a difference between you know a favorite album of the year and then a top a top album of the year you know the, i know. could certainly see this being like a favorite
0: man i with you man um, now we're going to get to my favorite okay teddy failey teddy brown brown What a fucking album. I've written, what, about this. I've written about this before, man. It's funny. I just wanted
1: you to hear it. What is it about it that really resonated with you? So,
0: full disclosure, Teddy sent me this album and was like, you should check this out. And I checked mm-hmm. it out, and I was not into it. <laughs> Very not into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I... Mentioned it, I was like, this is, I can't do another super emotional white rapper album. I can't do it, you know? Uh, But other people were repping it hard and other people I respected. So I went back to it. And when I went back to it, I was like, holy fuck.
2: Mm. Like,
0: um, just, you know, crazy shit. Crazy shit, and like, um, you know, it was like, um, you know, they ask how I'm doing, I say, "Great." My friend is dead, and I'm wearing his tims.
2: Yeah, oh, oh, fuck. Fuck.
0: like you um, would. He was just you see,
1: even, I mean, even that line, like that. That's kind of what I mean about. You know, multiple perspectives, or take uh, attacking something from certain perspectives. Yes, what you know, he's talking about his friend dying, but he's using sarcasm and humor in the same in, in the same uh, line, like the same, you know, lyric. So there's like different colors in that in that lyric that right. he's painting
0: And the thing with Teddy's like, Teddy clearly loves old-school hip-hop, right? There's a lot of kind of classic feeling beats to these things. Mm-hmm. What Teddy does that I really enjoy is he uses a really classic, almost run-DMC sense of accentuation for for his tone and for what he's saying mm. uh, that, that really makes – it's exactly what I was talking about with short fuse and wanting short fuse to do. Right. Um, if I was going to point, if, if short fuse was here and and wasn't mad at me, I would say, <laughs> I would say, listen to indistinct chatter. Listen to indistinct chatter. Number nine, uh, there's a whole part of that song where teddy is pulled aside by a cop right and the cop is like what are you doing out at this type of night you know why are you out walking at this time of night and he's like i wanted to go for a walk how many reasons can you have for going for a walk you know uh and he just goes and that's not even how crazy he goes with it. he you can feel how pissed he is. And then he goes into all these crazy, you know, uh, delineations of like, I'm a super terrorist machine gun. Like he just spins out, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: His tone leads you to that, right? It leads you through that breakdown and spinning out. Right. Uh, there's an accentuation of this that is beautiful. Uh, you know the cigarette song you
1: remember the cigarette song ooh wait let me see a song about cigarettes but it's about my dead mom too Yeah, that's what I, <laughs> i'm not laughing at the dead mom i'm laughing at i'm la- i'm laughing at like you can you can you can pick something very personal but at the same time approach it approach it from different
0: angles I want that to be a t-shirt for us, and it just says, I'm not laughing at the dead mom in quotes. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, yeah, but I I, I think, you know, like, you know, I think it's the right, the right perspective. Like, life is hard, so you have to find, you have to find different angles to approach and particularly artistically, you have to you have to find different angles to approach the pain at.
0: There's a point where I think the person working at the hospital calls Teddy and says, Your mom's in the cancer ward sneaking cigarettes in or something like that. And and he just yells, My mom's the motherfucking bomb, your mother's a whore. You know? <laughs> and and he and it's just so fucking awesome. That song is yeah. so fucking great. Um Teddy is so alive with how pissed he is. (laughs) And
1: that, and like, we never met the mother, but that reaction gives you kind of an indication of what she was like. You know, that came, that attitude that came from somewhere. So he's paying a homage to her in that, in that kind of way, indirectly. And you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't have, like, that's that's kind of what I mean. Like you don't have to go out and explicitly say it. You can use different colors to paint that picture of what you're trying to communicate.
0: And I don't want to go too hard on the accentuation. Teddy's writing is beautiful. It is staggering. In for me, right? Like mm-hmm. that cigarette song where he said it, he's talking about all the bad things that could happen in the world. Mm-hmm. He says, one of the things he says is that the, all the lighters could get together and convince the matches to drown themselves. Mm. And you just sit there, and it doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, you're just like, "What? Like, it's so wild." Um, there's so many of these uh, of these things that happen in this album, and. We we you know we've been talking about runs, man. To me, that initial run is wild. It's wild. Uh, you because you, you mean the
1: be- the beginning.
0: Yeah, those okay. five songs. That's 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 shit. Like, um, ugh, because you go from. The the bad news. The bad news. K, do you remember the bad news?
1: Which which track was that? Oh, uh, track three.
0: Okay. The uh, let me read the uh the chorus to the bad news. And see if you remember it. Okay. Let that simmer. Let that sink. I urinated in your sink. <laughs> I met your neighbors in the street. I told them that you pee in sinks.
1: I vaguely remember this one, yes.
0: So (laughs) he goes from all these incredibly personal songs about how things are fucked up and how, like like I said, my friend's dead and I'm wearing his Tims. And then song three is the most savage I fucked your girl song, like, ever. (laughs) It works with him being like, I took your family my family uh it's insane and that slides right into the cigarettes song yeah. and then medlin kids like based on like the kind of scooby doo line right um yeah. fun ass song might be the most fun song on the album uh, yeah. you go from the least fun song on the album to the most fun song on the album it's beautiful like I, I love and look at the credits. Look at the production credits. This is what we're going to talk about. So, two, six, seven, eight, nine, produced by Tom Delay Beats,
2: three, mm-hmm.
0: five, and ten, Alexander Brown. So, three, four, five, bad news songs about cigarettes, but it's about my dead mom too and meddling kids, all in a row. Then mm. you go into the Teddy, uh, the whatever, Tom DeLay beats. So I love how that's organized because, yes, he has multiple producers, but he's still but, giving them runs, if that makes sense.
1: He's still giving what?
0: Giving them runs of songs.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, the first track is Side Effect Studios. So that's, you know, the opener almost doesn't count. So like you said, two – Go, Tom DeLay beats is two, three, oh. four, five, Alexander Brown, seven, eight, nine, Tom DeLay beats, and then ten, the closer, Alexander Brown.
0: Yep, 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 closed it with Alexander Brown. Right. We, to go back to the feeling of that three, four, five, I love it, I love that. Um, I think it's really well done. I think Dear Friends yeah. is a great end song. Um yeah yes um, well, so I have prof you know I have been preaching about this. How do you feel about Teddy Brown Brown? Was there anything that stood out?
1: I, I think I think it was really I mean of of the three, this was probably my second favorite and I and I think it really was because it was the the humor a little bit compared to the first. Uh, to the first one, the humor was a little bit better. And I think, as I said, like, you know, w- in life, there's going to be bad things that happen to us. Like, we're going to go through bad times, right? But in those bad times, there's going to be things that happen. There are going to be moments that are funny. You know what I mean? There's going to be moments that are make us angry. And there's going to be, you know, moments that, kind of bring us like small reprieves of joy and so you can have an ultra personal album where you're talking about a really bad time and still have sprinkles of other emotions and other things in it right and i and i think that this uh i think this album did a did a good job of that
0: it's one of my favorite albums of the year because of the impact these songs have Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. that he that they're you know and it's it's not a long album which is great and it's it the skits work for the world right a a conversation with his manager yeah they they said it sounded like machine gun kelly and he's like i've never heard machine gun kelly (laughs) Uh, um it's also this kind of a very normal interlude, which is like the robot voice reading, like a, an I quit note from someone who works with him. Um, uh, and it's really great, all that stuff really uh, establishes the world. He tends to find hooks that really sum up what he's trying to say quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about paper plates and sodas, right? Okay, where he's just like. The whole basis of the song is like, I'm the guy who just brings paper plates and sodas. Like, that's, I don't, I can't handle much more, you know? Uh, so, you, I- you know,
1: and there's, you know, the personality, like, there's a reason to go back to this album a time in the game. Like, let me ask you, you said the first time it didn't resonate with you what resonated with you the second time where you're like
0: aha oh i get it i get it now um and it's strange this is going to be strange early in the album it might be vic there's a there's a nino brown reference
2: okay uh
0: you know and i you know like nino said to his man right and and that really struck me, because uh, it because my whole worry about this shit is, well-to-do college kids, white kids discovering rap, and trying to be like, this is my personal outlet, you know. And I, it gets it gets on my nerves. People from outside the culture, people not into this, not real tourists. Right? Mm-hmm. But I started on the second list, and I started hearing how fucking hip hop he is. Right? How mm-hmm. dedicated he is to this. And that so and then once I believed in that, I was able to catch all these crazy lines. Right.
2: Mm.
0: And the album just got weirder and weirder every time I heard it.
2: Mm.
1: You so, let your guard down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once I let the guard down, and I was hearing everything. it was like, "Oh shit!" It's, I'm being bombarded with, with mm. jokes, anxiety, uh depression. What was it? Fucking great line on here where he says, "I didn't stop making music. I just stopped giving you it." Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I do I do consider this a trauma album. Do you consider it a trauma album, or do you consider it closer to Mavi uh, and the rumination?
1: No, I I think Mavi for me uh, to go back to what I was saying, I think Mavi is the 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 album that like us outside of the message and outside the personal nature of the lyrics. Is the one that I liked the, the most the best from a technical standpoint. Mm. Uh, for this album, it is trauma, but I think he's got such like a engaging personality that yeah. it doesn't feel conversational. That's not the right word, but the reason to go back to it would be because of his personality.
0: I'm glad you brought personality into this because I think. What will happen is people will be, like, on Twitter or something, arguing about MCs, and they'll be like, that guy's got no personality. But this guy, he's killing it. He's got great personality. You don't know any of these people, right? Which right. right. you don't know any of these <laughs> people. Don't just say you, that this person you don't know doesn't have a personality. That's <laughs> fucked up. Look, <laughs> art is about showcasing your personality. Yes. It's about becoming good at showcasing your Mm -hmm. and all the interesting elements of your personality. And Teddy, with this album, really does. He really starts to nail the sweet spots of the humor, uh, outright jokes, outright sarcasm, anxiety. Yes. Do you remember how this album ends? No. The last thing said on this album is Teddy laughing about like a butterfly that's been on him as he's been rapping? Hmm. Him like making fun of that situation? I'll mess.
1: You, you see, and and that's what I would say, like the personality, like, you know, at the beginning of the show, you talked about your friends reading Yep. Like why would your friends want to read your poetry? Or I'm right. not your poetry. Your your work. Yep. And so, you know, I I think what it is like when you're talking about dark dark, you know, like really dark traumatic stuff that happened to you and you, and I'm like a listener or something. What's going to get me to come back is hearing you describe it. Right, not, not necessarily the, the the actual event, but hearing your personality interpret like the inner conflict of your personality working through what you're
0: experiencing. Right. So, it, as a consumer, to go back to the consumer level, right? Yeah. As a consumer, Teddy Brown Brown has a place in my life mm-hmm. when I have it a frustrating day, it's Teddy Brown Brown time, (laughs) right?
1: That should be a shirt, Teddy Brown Brown time.
0: When things are (laughs) agitating, people are getting on your nerves, people are fucking with you for no reason. Oh, man. You let that simmer, let that sink, right? Like, it it makes sense. Uh, It fits. Mavi, you can see that there's plenty of times where you would be wanting this kind of music right where it's you know you're alone it's a fairly nice day you got a glass of something mm-hmm. and you put it on and it and you you start thinking you start getting lost in your thoughts that's that's it has a place right mm-hmm. um and it you know, and that's not saying that they designed it for that place. I I believe a lot of times that great albums make a place for themselves, but right. uh, but sometimes they are crafted with a specific place in mind. Right. Zilla and Andrew, they they had a specific place in mind for that album. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. They got there. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it is valuable when you're making an ultra personal album after you're well when you're in the process of it you've got a bunch of songs done to so sit back listen to them and think I'm a consumer what am I what am I doing with this right right is this what what is this gonna do for me right right just, um, just to help you organize your thoughts yeah not not to shoot down any of the good ideas you have you know keep creating, keep rolling but right. think about what does this do for for the people listening to it what, right. what
1: they- I mean and if if you want your music to be a confessional like create it and and don't release it like don't either don't release it or just put it out there and don't don't promote it and whoever whoever gets it gets it, whatever. Like uh, you know, I think of like message in a bottle type of thing. That's fine, but if you want, if you want your album to, it, it goes back to your intention. If you want it to resonate with people, you've got to think about their experience listening to it while you make it. And being able to do that and yet still be pure and quote unquote true to your vision is is the balance of like a, a, a great artist. That's 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 what they're able to do.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, so I I don't have any more on the topic, hey. This has been great. It's been great yeah. to chop it up. We've been we've had so many guests. <laughs> uh, we have we've been loaded. So uh yeah. It's been nice. Absolutely. So recommendation, Corner, you ready? Yeah, let's go. So, uh, I'm gonna stay away from Bandcamp recommendations because I've got a full Bandcamp days tomorrow. I've got a full rollout of Bandcamp recommendations mm-hmm. coming for the Patreon.
2: Okay,
0: let's go streaming. Smino Love for Rent. I mentioned it earlier. Mm-hmm. Groovy as shit. Groovy as shit. That song with Dochi is beautiful. Um, it's it's wonderful. Um, yeah, Smino's a lot of fucking fun to listen to.
2: Absolutely.
0: The other one is Shane Noir came back out. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, dog. Eight nine songs, and it's called "The Last Remnants." It has Ransom. It has Benny the Butcher. Thirty-eight splash, of course, always El Camino. Uh, yeah, Jinx seven-one-six. So, it's really fucking good. Shane Noir is really fucking good. We
1: are not. We know that. Yeah. yes yeah. from that, Okay. Yep. Damn, and that out. came. What this came out? Yeah, this came out the twenty-six. Yeah. I'm well, on that was it. What's up? There's just so much good music that. How did you find out about it?
0: Oh, I think shout out to Ruben. Check the Rhyme One on Twitter. He puts out a bunch of releases. And, or was it? I don't know if it was on the uh, the Dylan Green right. uh, CinemaSci weekly update, but it was.
1: It's it's so important nowadays to have a good musical network. Oh, God. Particularly All ever since two thousand twenty twenty one, I mean, if you don't have a music, a good musical network, you're going to, you're going to miss a lot of great things.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's honestly that's what people are saying when they're like, I don't really follow music anymore. They just don't have a network of people to put them on, right?
2: right.
0: They, they've aged out of it. Everybody in their network doesn't do that anymore, so they don't do that anymore. Uh, but <sighs> And it's hard
1: because you know I feel like back, back in the day, like good music would come to you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean, or you would, you would, you would, it would either come to you or, you know, you would you would cross paths with it in some way. Some, but now nowadays, like there's so many different options. Like if you're not looking for it, or there's not someone actively bringing it to you, to your doorstep, you're going to miss out on a lot of stuff.
0: Absolutely. So what, what do you got for recommendations? What are, you, what are you into?
1: So I've been listening to, it's funny because I was on social media a couple of days ago, and there was a post that had like a song in it that really, it was like an instrumental that really, I really dug. So I actually like, it was a whole process. Like, I had to record it on my phone, transfer it to my iPad, played it on my iPad, while at the same time shazamming it with my phone. And I came across it. So it's a, by an artist. It's a instrumental mixtape uh, by an artist named E. Jones. E. Jones. And he has a whole bunch of instrumental mixtapes. And the one that I was listening to was Dead Stock, D-E-A-D-stock. Volume Two, and he has a whole Deadstock series, one through four. But the one I was listening to was Volume Two, uh, and it's just a really great, great uh, instrumental album. So that That's would be. Awesome. I actually have a recommendation this week. So that would be my recommendation for the week. Uh, would be Deadstock Volume Two, E. Dot Jones. That's
0: awesome. That is great. It's great when a song takes you over like that. Yeah, uh, cool. I appreciate it, man. I've been I'm doing a lot of good reading, getting a lot of comic books in, uh, and there's a really cool series by Rachel Smythe called Lore Olympus. Okay. Where she tur- kind of turns uh, the gods of Mount Olympus into this kind of uh, you know caddy relationship based place right uh and makes it modern and makes it funny and interesting and i guess it exists within that young adult comics world but i think it's just really well done really beautifully illustrated and i've just been getting into that so
2: mm. uh,
0: i'm rocking it and uh yeah anything else you want to recommend for the people
1: uh the new season of White Lotus started um on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh TV wise Atlanta Atlanta on FX is wrapped I, I is starting to wrap up its uh its series. I thought this this because so the way they did they divided season four into two parts and I think the second part of season four has been really strong.
0: I've really loved all of season four. I've, yeah, I, I love it. I've, I've loved every bit of it. I think, it's, it's a beautiful. If if this is it, this is a beautiful finale. Yeah, this is a show with no fat. You know, no. Just all four years were just really fucking good.
1: Very good. Yeah. I'm yep. glad and I'm glad that they're going out on their own terms. And I'm glad that it's launched. I mean, it's launched the careers of an arguably four four yeah. star artists, star
2: okay.
0: actors. I mean, and the great thing is that Donald Glover was able to mastermind one of the most impressive shows from like a plot standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. While helping other people become stars within their profession, while taking it up notches as an actor himself, Mm -hmm. that camping trip episode is one of the best Donald Glover pieces of work you'll ever see in terms of his act.
1: Phenomenal, absolutely.
0: And and to do that while being the showrunner is just I. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Like that's a very seriously important artist. And I think it's kind of, I hope it's not something we're taking for granted.
1: I think it's gonna be one of those things where you don't appreciate the full impact until a couple of years later. Like there's a delay, like we know Atlanta is good, but I think in a couple of years we'll recognize how good it actually was
0: how people are processing like how important and how great this stuff is and mm-hmm. um, you know it's yeah uh, meh everybody thank you new patrons killing it uh, really enjoying it people reaching out to me for cool stuff it's unbelievable um, and we got C Pusha T, had a ball doing that. Uh yeah. Damn. I mean it's been good. Things have you know, we've been doing this. This shit is working out.
2: <laughs> um, Enjoy
0: it. So I appreciate you uh for, for staying along, Kay, and uh, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate you too, bab. Appreciate everybody except Kawhi Le-